0: And welcome to it. It's so good to have you along for the ride over the next half hour. John Scholes here as always. And Lior Samfiru is answering all the questions, doing the heavy lifting. As we say, you want to reach out, you can always email help at employmentlawyer.ca in the, uh, the website built just for you to get smarter and have access to to that severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The main topic for the show uh, for the next half hour will be don't ever do this. We'll get to a bunch of those uh, talking points here in just a moment. But we always start off with the case of the day, pal. What do you got going on?
1: Hey, John! Great to be here. Of course, great to talk about employment law. You know, recovering from uh, the the weekend (sighs) and trying to uh, ensure that we start this week off right by answering questions, by informing people about their legal rights. Now now that you're back to work, you know, maybe you kind of put some of the work problems behind you over the long weekend. That's fine. But right now you got to face the situation at work, mm-hmm. and if you're dealing with a difficult one, if your boss uh, puts you on notice that something has to change, or if you've been given an ultimatum, maybe you you lost your job. Well, a good place to start to get answers and to find solutions is right now on this show. Make sure that you ask the right questions so that I can give you the right answer and inform you. So by all means, if this is an issue, if you're not having a good day, if it has anything at all to do with workplace your rights, employment law, you're listening to the right place and the right show to make sure that those answers are there for you. And of course, beyond the show, uh, this show is half hour, but beyond it, we can also connect off air, phone and email. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show. So don't be bashful. And let me start off with a case that came across today. And I'll put this case, John, under the category of employers behaving quite badly. <laughs> uh, so, this, uh, I spoke with a lady who had uh, very recently uh, spoken to HR and filed a complaint against her supervisor. She felt that she was being harassed, she was being uh, bullied, and she did exactly what she should have done. What I would have told her to do is she went to HR, she told him about it, and she said, Please help me. Well, she did that and John not 48 hours later, she gets told, listen, we investigated this and we determined that there's nothing to it. So so there's nothing there. Before she can even digest the answer and whether she needs to do anything about it, another 48 hours pass and she gets called into a meeting and she said, we're letting you go. And no, nothing to do with anything. We just decided to restructure. So we wish you all the best. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Well, finally today, she kind of gathered up the courage to give me a call, and I spoke to her, and uh, I, I was shaking my head throughout this, because what this employer did is wrong, but it's also more importantly illegal on so many levels. Let's start with the fact that clearly this quote-unquote investigation they did was a sham, was nonsense. She wasn't interviewed, you can't really do an investigation and have a result within a day or two, they should have properly investigated, gotten her side of the story, um, Gun feedback, asked other employees for their experiences, do a proper comprehensive investigation. The company is legally required to take your harassment uh, uh, complaint seriously, to investigate, and to take measures to deal with it. So number one, they didn't do that. They dropped the ball right there, illegal, completely, completely wrong. But then to take that bad behavior and make it 10 times worse by letting her go, Completely ridiculous. And, of course, uh, I wasn't born yesterday. No one's going to be able to convince me that the termination had nothing to do with her her harassment complaint. Of course it did. She cannot legally be fired or punished in any way for complaining about harassment. Even if it does turn out that there's not enough evidence to substantiate the harassment complaint, she can never, ever, ever be let go because she filed it. So this employer did things so wrong that it's almost hard for me to know where to start to to deal with it. There's you know, potentially human rights uh, violations here. There's employment standards violation, occupational health and safety violation, wrongful dismissal. You name it, what this company did is wrong, wrong, wrong. But don't worry, I will deal with it. I will resolve this issue for her. She'll get the compensation that she's owed, and I don't think this employer is going to do it again to anyone else. But for you out there, of course, reminder when it comes to workplace harassment – Despite what this employer did, you have to understand that you have the right to have your harassment complaint taken seriously. You have a right to work in a harassment-free work environment, in a supportive and healthy work environment. And if the company drops the ball and doesn't take it seriously, doesn't investigate or God forbid punishes you, the law is going to come down really hard on that employer. You got to give me a call on that situation. And for your employers out there, do not do what this employer did.
0: Do these employers just not take 10 minutes to go to HR or somebody get some advice before they screw this up completely?
1: You know, it's it's some employers are just kind of cowboys or <sighs> and, and they think they can kind of get away with stuff or, or they think, you know, the, the old-fashioned way of thinking, well, I'm the employer. I can do what I want. Of course, that's nonsense. It's, it's yeah. illegal. Or maybe they think that, you know, I, I my read of this employee is that she won't pursue it. We could do whatever we want and she'll just kind of uh, move on and, and not push back. Well, I'm glad that they got this wrong, that she yeah. is pushing back. She did call me and I'm going to help her. Uh, but I've seen many employers make that call. You know, I think this person is just, if we let them go, we're never going to hear from them again. So let's just do that. Well, don't let that happen to you. If something happens in the workplace, stand up for your rights because those rights are there for you.
0: Don't ever do this. We'll get to those talking points on the other side. Hang on. You sure are, and welcome back to it. Let's get into this. Don't ever do this. Now, you've thrown out these, uh, Leor, because sometimes people, they step in the mud before they uh, listen to the show or give you a call, so we're going to give them some fair warning, right?
1: Yeah. It's, these are things that, that you just don't want to do. Certainly now, without kind of you thinking know. about it, getting some advice, there's it's easy to, to have rights but to give them up without realizing. it so That's what we're talking about. Things that you don't want to do so that you don't regret it later and give up rights that you actually have.
0: Let's get to the first one. Don't ever accept a temporary layoff without understanding what you could be doing for your future
1: rights. That's right, and this is a great place to start because with a temporary layoff, you actually have a say in the matter. You absolutely do not have to accept a temporary layoff. You can refuse it. And what I mean by that, it doesn't mean you're going to show up to work uh, anyway if your employer says don't show up, but you're going to treat that potentially as a termination and require the company to, to pay you severance. So with a temporary layoff, the choices are to sit at home and wait and hope for the best and then wake up every day and see if your employer called you back to work. That's option one option number two of course is to not do that and to say you've terminated my employment by putting me on a temporary layoff now you have to pay me my full severance and that could be as much as two years pay now the reason why that's what you want to do the reason why you don't want to accept that temporary layoff is all it's all about your future rights by accepting that temporary layoff and sitting at home and waiting and maybe going back to work when the company calls you back You've given the company the right to do it again and again. And think about it from a future rights standpoint. You can now be in a situation where you work for a few months, you get laid off for a few months, back and forth, back and forth. That's a terrible place to be in. And that's something that the company doesn't have the ability to do to you unless you allowed it to happen, unless you opened the door by accepting that first temporary layoff. So understand that with temporary layoff, even opening the door a crack could be a huge, huge problem. The yeah. better approach often is to say, not accepting this, enough is enough, I want my severance and move on.
0: Don't accept changes to the terms of your employment, even if it's for legitimate business reasons. No kidding.
1: Absolutely. And and this, it's okay sometimes to be, quote unquote, selfish, to think about mm-hmm. yourself. So the company may say, well, we need to cut pay because uh, the business needs it or we're struggling financially or... We need to, need to change the shifts because that's the requirement of the business. We're going to change your hours. And that may be true. That may, the business may not be doing well or may there may be a good business reason to change your hours, etc. That does not mean that the company is allowed to do it. Even if there's a good business reasons, even if they're not doing it to pick on you, the company's not doing well, maybe, and they want to reduce your pay, legally, they still cannot do that. That's a constructive dismissal. And of course, the problem here, of course, is that if you accept that change, you've given them the right to do it again and again and again. And this time they've reduced your pay by 13%. Uh, next week it could be another 13 and then 30 and 70 and by the time we're done, there's nothing left. Don't let that happen. So the fact that there's a good business reason, To make changes does not mean that the company is allowed to make that changes. The law doesn't say, well, you can only make changes if there's a good reason. law says you cannot make significant changes to terms of employment. Hours, pay, responsibilities, location. If your pay, if your terms of employment are changed, it's time to take a step back, give me a call, and let's talk about constructive dismissal
0: this one we've been hearing about for uh, a lot of actually for the last few months, that is if you've been working remotely from home, right? Don't just refuse to return to work in the office.
1: So let's, yeah, we're kind of flipping this around here. And a lot of people, um, many, many people, in fact, across the country during COVID started working remotely, working from home. A company said, we need you to work from home. And many people did that. Well, a lot of us now have kind of built our lives around that. And, you know, we've, Arrange our home offices, maybe we've moved, maybe we made different childcare arrangements because now we know we're home. Well, what happens if the company says, well, okay, now we're past this pandemic, now we want you back in the office. I know it may be easy to think, well, they can't do that, so I'm not going back. I'm just gonna say no. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And by saying no, you may be considered to have resigned your employment. A company is allowed, in most cases, to have you go back to the way things were pre-pandemic, pre-COVID. So if before the pandemic you were working in the office, they're allowed to say, now come back to the way things were. So and if you say no, then you're giving up your rights. You're actually giving up your job there. So you want to talk to your employer and work out a solution with them. Maybe they'll agree to allow you to be more flexible and sometimes work from home and sometimes from the office, maybe a few days a week, etc. Now it's very different though if you were hired specifically to work from home. If you were hired to work remotely, well then the company can say now we've changed our mind. Now we want you to come back into the office. That they cannot do because that's changing terms of employment. But if you were working from from the office pre-pandemic, yeah, in many cases, most cases, the company is allowed to say come back.
0: Here's a good rule for life as we uh, go through our list of don't things, uh, things you don't ever want to do and don't sign an employment agreement or anything without knowing exactly what you're signing.
1: You know, initially I said don't sign an employment agreement, but we need to be broader than that. If your employer wants you to sign anything, well, let's take a step back here, okay? It's rarely a good uh, idea and it's rarely, there's a really a good reason for the company to want you to sign a document, certainly when it comes to an employment agreement. Oftentimes, a company may want you, if you're already working to sign an agreement that takes away rights that you would otherwise have, that eliminates some of the entitlements that you have and gives them to the company. Maybe it's a term that limits your future severance. Maybe it's a term that allows the company to make changes to the terms of your employment. So anytime a company wants you to sign something, we need to understand what you're signing. So don't just look at, well, they're saying here my salary is going to be the same, my vacation is going to be the same, so who cares about everything else? I'll just sign that. No. Let's understand. Even the kind of the fine print, so to speak, what does it say? What does it do? And what could you be giving up by signing it? Always be suspicious if you're asked to just sign the document out of the blue. Best thing to do is send me a copy of it. You can email it to me. You can even fax it to me if you prefer let me read it, and tell you what it does, and let me tell you if there's something that you should be worried about, but you do that first before you sign. Once you sign, it's a problem.
0: And most employers are, are reasonably you know, flexible with, hey, can I just take this home for a night or two, whatever, and have a look at it first, right?
1: Absolutely they are, And, and but, but if they're not, no, no, we need to sign right now be extra suspicious. Right. Then I can oh, I can certainly tell you shouldn't be signing if your employer says, no, 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 we need you to sign this right now before you go on your lunch break. No. Terrible idea to do that. I can almost assure you that there's something there that the company is trying to kind of pull, pull, uh, pull over you. So please don't let that happen.
0: Topic is don't ever do this. Don't forget about your employer.
1: That is if you're off on a medical leave, yeah? So we're talking about things you don't want to do, and forgetting about your employer, ignoring your employer, not being in touch with your employer while you're off on a disability leave, a medical leave, that's not a good idea. So if you're off for, and I'm not talking if you're off for a few days, that's okay. Mm. After a few days, you, you contact your employer, and it's fine. But if you're going to be off for an extended period of time, don't forget about your employer. Stay in touch with them. Let them know that you're still out there, you're still working on getting better, or you still hope to have an update for them at some point. What you don't want to have happen is by being completely out of communication, for the company to almost assume that you've resigned, that you've decided you're not coming back to work, or that maybe you'll never be able to come back to work because we haven't heard from you in months. So... That just complicates matters and it's unnecessary. So my best advice, if you're going to be off for medical reasons for a significant period of time, you know, more than just a few weeks, stay in touch with your employer. Every few weeks, send them an email or a text message. One or two lines is all that's needed saying, just, hey, employer, an update. I'm still getting treatment. I'm still working and getting better, and I'm hoping at some point to be back to work. Or I'm I'll, I'll have an update for you in two months, three months, whatever it is, just something so that they know you're still there, you haven't abandoned your job, you're still planning on maintaining your status as an employee. It takes seconds to do that, and you'll be glad that you did.
0: This next one's uh, interesting too, because we always, uh, you know, people usually ask for a little more clarity on this one, and, and you put down don't quit unless it's completely voluntary.
1: Well, that's such an important piece of advice. And We've done a whole shows just on this idea of quitting and and making sure that resigning and quitting is voluntary. By definition, if you quit and it's not voluntary, voluntary, that's not really a resignation. You shouldn't be resigning. Sometimes a company may give you this ultimatum: we need you to resign, or else we need you to resign, or you know, bad things are going to happen. Well, what the company is really trying to do, if they if they say that, is they're trying to avoid paying you severance. They're hoping that you'll just say, "I quit," and then, hey, if you quit, we can just avoid. Tens of thousands of dollars in severance that we would otherwise have to pay you. So no, no, no. If you decide you don't want to work, if it's completely voluntary, sure, do what you need to do. If you need to quit, absolutely. But if it's not voluntary, the answer should be no. I am not quitting. I'm going to continue working until you, employer, tell me to stop working. At that point, you've terminated my employment and severance has to be paid. So do not quit just because you feel like you have to. You don't have to. Do not quit because your employer is pushing you, threatening you, uh, and and pushing you. Do not. Continue working and let the company end employment if they want to do that and then get your severance. Otherwise, you're making it that much harder to get what you are legally owed.
0: You know, the next one down on our list of things that you don't ever do, this one we've been hammering home forever and people sometimes just get lazy. They
1: forget to do it. That is, Don't forget to document everything. Certainly, this is so important. Don't just take someone's word for it. Don't go by memory. Don't hope that someone is going to later say, yes, did this happen? Sometimes people lie. Sometimes people forget. Sometimes people get confused. So if, in fact, something happened that you want there to be a record of, create that record, document, write it down for yourself, or send someone an email confirming what happened. Maybe you were given a promise for a pay raise, Well, that verbal promise is not going to be very valuable unless you can prove it. One Mm -hmm. way to do that, if someone promised you a pay raise, send them an email confirming, uh, I'm really happy about the conversation we had today. Thank you for letting me know that I can expect a pay raise at the end of the year. Great. Wonderful. That's all you need. Uh, If your boss told you about, uh, about some issues that they're having with you, when well, you wish that there was a record or the record of what you responded to them, send them an email. Make sure that it's all in writing. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So very, very important to do that. Uh, I never want to get into a kind of he said, she said type of a situation if I can avoid it. It's easy to document things. If you're not sure how to do it in a specific situation, give me a call. I can talk you through it, but always document
0: Let's get to a couple more of these here. That is, don't just accept unfair discipline or an inaccurate performance review.
1: Absolutely. And what we're talking, again, things that you don't want to do. So if your employer is di- giving you discipline, you've m- made a mistake, we're suspending you, we're giving you a warning, or they're giving you a bad performance review. If it's not right, if it's not accurate, if it's not fair, you have to say something about it. And It's not enough to just say, well, I disagree with it, but I'm not going to say anything because it's uncomfortable. By you being silent, by you not saying anything, it's the same as you agreeing to it. And if you agree to it, what could happen is that could allow the company potentially to use it against you when they want to let you go. Mm -hmm. Not a good idea. So you have to say something about it. But of course, when I say say, what I really mean in writing. So if you don't agree with the negative performance review, If you don't agree with the warning or the suspension that they gave you, send an email, okay? Detail is fine, polite and professional saying, here's why I don't agree. Here's why I don't think it's fair what you're saying, or here's why it's wrong. Here's some additional facts that you need to know about. Send that email. By sending that email, you're preserving your job, you're protecting your rights, and you're not making it easier for the company to let you go. So never ignore. We're talking about things you don't do. You don't ignore negative performance reviews or discipline.
0: We save the uh, big one till the end. We've been pounding this one home for 10 years. That is do not, do not sign that severance letter.
1: You know, this is such a big one. And, and, you know, this is the reason we do this show. We started the show 10, 11 years ago. It's because of this. Because still now, every single day, I get calls, I get emails from people. Uh, they signed that severance offer and they realize, oh my God, I made a mistake. I didn't know when I signed no. it. I thought it was a fair offer. Now I realized, holy cow, they owed me another $35,000. What do I do? Lior, please help me. Can't, unfortunately. Once you sign that severance offer, you've accepted. There's a binding contract between you and the company, the company that lets you go. And you can't really get out of it, no more than the company can get out of it. So the time to get advice, the time to understand if the offer is fair is before you sign it, not after. So call me and let's talk about that. Go to the severance calculator. You can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca over 2 million people have used it for exactly that purpose. Make sure you understand what you're, uh, what you're asked to sign. And the reason why it's so important to do that is that 90% of you, 90% of you, when you're looking at that severance letter, whatever that letter says is a lot less than what you're actually owed. And I'm being conservative. It's probably closer to 95% of you. So that's why it's so important to do that. Do it right. If you sign that severance offer, and then get advice, then it's too late. So do not sign. I don't care what the deadline is. I don't care if you think it's fair. I don't care if the company tells you it's fair. your job to make sure it is. So call me or go to the severance calculator or speak to someone else if you don't like me. But get advice before you sign.
0: And with that, we are done. Appreciate you listening. You want to reach out now to Leon and the team. Always invited to do so. And there's no pressure indeed. 1-855-821-5900. Again, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That website, use it. It's free. It's anonymous. It's got lots of information there in the uh, severance calculator as well. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back in here tomorrow at 6.30. We'll catch you then.